Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zeffert. Sam Sickle joins me fortnightly on the slot to talk about issues facing Jewish communities in the diaspora. Um, Sam, since we last spoke, the CST in the UK has published its anti-Semitic incidents reports for January to June 2017. And we also had, following the fatal stabbing of two Israeli policemen, an escalation of violence in the area. But before we turn our attention to that, there's been a bit of a scandal in the White House that involves the communications director and the chief of staff. Sam, welcome and thank you for joining me. Sam? Pleasure. Yeah, I'm right here. Can you hear me? Sam? Yes, Sam. But Sam, I'm struggling to hear you. Can you hear me? Because hold on. Here, one sec. Hi, Sam. Sam? I can hear you now. Yes. Oh, it's such a relief. Hi, Sam. How are you? Good. Yourself? Good, thank you. Welcome back to Jewish Board Talk. Thank you. How's it going with the little baby? Thank God. He doesn't like sleeping at night, <laughs> but... Uh, I think that's normal. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds, sounds good. like a healthy, healthy little boy. Sam, we're starting off today with a scandal in the White House that involves the communications director and the chief of staff. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, before I actually say what happened, though, I do have to ask, and I, I'm asking this in all seriousness because I'm assuming this is a family show. How blue am I allowed to go in the language that I use? Uh, we, we're going to use euphemisms because this is a, a very respectable Jewish community radio station. So I will do the best I can <laughs> to explain this in the cleanest language uh, possible. Excellent. Uh, so the uh, White House has been very angry about leaks, and truth of the matter is it's very hard to stop leaks in this White House because the president has the attention span of a child, and uh, according to a lot of reports from a number of different uh, news agencies over the past half a year or so, it's come out that many times staffers who have trouble getting the president's attention will leak something so it gets on television and gets to the president's attention. <laughs> so, long story short, the whole thing is a mess, and the new communications uh, director, Anthony Scaramucci, who calls himself the Mooch, if you can believe it. <laughs> this is like something out of a Saturday morning cartoon. The, well, the Mooch uh, is really angry about this. And it had come out in The New Yorker uh, that he had attended a dinner with uh, the president and several other people, and he wanted to know who leaked it. So he calls up uh, this journalist, uh, Ryan Lizza, from The uh, New Yorker magazine, and starts asking, you know... Uh, saying, you know, you're unpatriotic, how can you work with leakers, how can you report on what we're doing, it's not patriotic to report on what the president's doing, you know, really stupid stuff. And he calls him up and he, he starts complaining, and then he starts cursing, and he starts calling the chief, the president's chief of staff uh, bleeping paranoiac, he uh, starts, he says that the president's uh, chief strategist Steve Bannon wa- would perform sexual acts on himself, hmm. and I'll leave it at that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you read the original on the internet, which for anyone who doesn't have a fake stomach, I really highly suggest reading, it is, let, let's, put this, let's put it this way, if you heard someone speaking like this on the subway right. or on the bus, you would change seats. Right. 
And not only does this show high levels of dissension, oh, and he threatened to fire the entire White House communications shop, saying, you won't tell me who it is, I'll fire everyone, then you haven't protected any sources. So not only does this show how dysfunctional the White House is, but these people are lunatics. (laughs) I mean, this guy called up, and then he complained on Twitter, saying, this is the last time I trust a reporter. He called a reporter and had an on-the-record talk, and then is upset that it was reported. <laughs> He's, and this is the communications director. This is the man who is in charge of all White House PR and spokespeople. And he doesn't understand what off-the-record and on-the-record means. So... It cannot be a very happy working environment. I mean, I can't imagine that right now the, the relationship between the comms director and the chief of staff is particularly good. I don't think the relationship between anybody and anybody else in the White House is particularly good at this point. Uh, you want me to describe the current administration in two words? Hot mess. Right. Uh, but, but, I mean, it's clear to everybody that this is the case. Is there any kind of trying to bring it back together? Look, I, I don't think that they're going to have much luck. The truth of the matter is this is the guy they pulled in to try to fix things, and... The first thing he does is start... uh, A scandal. Yeah, exactly. I don't think... Look, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, she's the press secretary, she held a press briefing the other day. Someone asks her, uh, you know, about all the infighting, and she goes, well, you know, this is how the president likes to run things. You see, when he ran the Trump organization, the president would uh, try to create rivalries. But this is not the Trump organization. This is the federal government of the United States of America, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a difference, really. But I don't think he's wrapped his head around the fact that, you know, he's not running a rinky-dink licensing <laughs> operation. He licenses his name to, to builders around the world. The man's great at selling a brand, but where at least we all thought he was, uh, now I'm not so sure. The man is one of the most hated presidents in American history, except among his base where he's been able to maintain high support, which I'll be honest is being very weird because many of my friends are actually Trump voters, right. uh, and I don't get it. A lot of my friends aren't, but I have a substantial number of friends who are, and these for them, and they don't seem to get it or understand that there's anything wrong. And it's weird. He's kept his support among his base, and I don't, I don't understand why. I guess it's because there's a lot less trust in the media, huh. you know, mm. and people would trust him uh, reaffirming their prejudices and biases and believing reporters. But uh, so, Sam, we're going to take a short break. But after the break, can we quickly look at the CST anti-Semitic incidents report that has just come out and indicates a rise in anti-Semitism in the UK over the last six months? But before then. Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. And I'm talking to Sam Sokol, my regular correspondent based in Jerusalem. Um, Sam, the CST have uh, released their latest report, and the figures are not looking good. No, I think uh, anti-Semitic incidents uh, rose about uh, 30% over the same period last year, between uh, January and June. Uh, more than 100 anti-Semitic incidents a month. Uh, all told, in the first half of this year, 767 anti-Semitic incidents, most of them clustered around greater 
Greater, uh, greater London and Greater Birmingham. It's uh, but that's not particularly good. No. It's uh, much higher. And although the CST said part of this can likely be explained by better cooperation with police, better record keeping, and a greater willingness for people to report things, that doesn't really go far enough in explaining this rise. It really does indicate there's a real rise in the incidents rather than just much better reporting. Uh, and a lot of this has come, you know, as well as I do that over the past year or so, there's been a lot uh, of incidents of anti-Semitic statements by mm-hmm. labor politicians. Mm-hmm. You've had uh, the Labor Party looking into its anti-Semitism uh, problem and then effectively whitewashing their anti-Semitism. You've had uh, the former mayor of London, Ken Livingston, was uh, suspended from the party for saying that Hitler was a Zionist, essentially, mm. uh, or a supporter of Zionism. And, you know, the more this happens, the more anti-Semitism gets in the news. And it looks like, uh, you know, there's an atmosphere that's sort of enabling and... Uh, Encouraging more uh, anti-Semitism, more adverse. Um, it's uh, Sam. It's a problem. Sam, and just because I'm, I'm very conscious of the time, two weeks ago, just as you came on the radio, we we had just learnt about the the fatal deaths of two Israeli policemen, and it's kind of sparked a whole series of violent violent attacks. And I just want to wonder if you could give us an update of kind of the mood in, in Israel at the moment and exactly what is happening on the Temple Mount. Uh, as of right now, uh, as of the latest out, you know, the police are girding for more violence. They're only allowing men over 50 uh, from to actually pray on the Temple Mount right now. Uh, yesterday there were clashes, just dozens of people hurt, people attacking the police. Uh, the walk from the Palestinian Authority have finally said, okay, now that Israel's back down on the cameras and on the metal detectors, fine, you can go back on the mount, but there are still groups that are refusing to go. People, uh, you know, the, the it's, it's not really an issue of the metal detectors or not. Look, uh, if you go on Hajj in Saudi Arabia, there's going to be security. If you go to mosques or synagogues and other places, there's security. You go to the Western Wall, there's security. Uh, the truth is, this is an issue of control. Who controls the Temple Mount? Do the Jews have authority to impose any sort of restrictions? And, look, the, uh, the metal detectors might be gone, the cameras might be gone, but the security around the entrances to, not necessarily the entrance to the Temple Mount, but just the entrance to the police presence is getting is going to be a lot bigger. Uh, and we'll see if things calm down or not. It's a, it's a question of whether or not, at this point, the, the Palestinians uh, want to escalate things further and use this as a pretext for more violence, or Okay, they got what they want. They're gonna, they're gonna, you know, calm things down now. Uh, before Israel backed down, uh, the Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas actually called for the Tanzim militia that's affiliated with his Fatah party to go out in the streets with protesters. Now he was calling for armed militants to go in the street. You know, this is, and now he's backed down on that. But uh, 
you know, we'll see what happens. Maybe they'll try to, to push more uh, popular protests, uh, more, you know, popular resistance, as they call it, you know, stone-throwing, Molotov cocktails. One of the Palestinians who died during the clashes when they were attacking police officers died because he accidentally dropped a Molotov cocktail on himself and burned himself to death. Mm. I mean, uh, mm. let's, let's hope things calm down. But th- there's a... What's very interesting is uh, I actually uh, work out of an office that is... Uh, I started working from Jerusalem recently, and I'm working out of an office that's maybe a 10-minute walk from uh, Jaffa Gate. And you go in West Jerusalem, very close to the old city, everything is perfectly normal, everything is quiet, you don't hear any shooting, you don't hear any yelling. It's like two different worlds. You know, it's a 10-minute walk, a several-minute drive, if it was, you know, a direct drive, you know, what the streets of Jerusalem are like, mm-hmm. and it's like a million miles away. It's quiet, <laughs> it's relaxed, and there's, nobody's feeling tension, and then you go, you know, a few blocks over, and it's a war zone, so... Uh, it's, it's a very strange feeling to commute into the city every day, and people are sitting, uh, you know, at sidewalk cafes drinking coffee. There, uh, there people are chatting, uh, biking, hanging out. It's like there, it's like there's nothing happening. Hmm. It's really two different worlds. Sam, we have to leave it there, but I am looking forward to our chat again in two weeks' time. And uh, Shabbat Shalom. I hope you get a chance at least on the weekend to have some rest. That was Sam Sukkul. Thank you very much. Pleasure. That was Sam Sukkul, my foreign correspondent. Before I wish you farewell, let me just tell you about this. Being prepared is half the battle. And Moos Brothers on the Sandringham Strip want to take care of your dietary needs ahead of Tisha B'Av. Enjoy the legendary mousse macaroni and cheese, tuna lasagna, famous wood-fired pizzas, calzone, and much, much more. For an extra discount of 10%, tell them you heard it about it on High FM and mention the code phrase, schmooze at mousse. Mousse Brothers can be found on the Sandringham Strip, 75 George Avenue, Sandringham, Johannesburg. I always tend to leave this show absolutely starving because all these talk, all this talk of really delicious food at this time of the day gets my, my juices flowing, but... All I have to do now is to thank you all so much for joining me. If there's anything on the show that you'd like to comment in, you can email me at Sharice at SHABD. Um, my guests earlier, uh, Shireen, asked me to tell you about a challah that is happening on the 9th of August at 7 p.m. And if you'd like to know more, you can contact her on 082-926-9002. I'd like to thank DJ Flo, who I've met today for the first time, uh, for all his help and assistance. Look forward to working with you, Sam. And And until next week, Shabbat Shalom.